Atmosphere Church podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. I want to get into the word with you guys this morning. We have a lot to cover, a lot of content, because today's message, today's topic is a passion of mine. So if you've thought in past messages, I've been passionate about what I've talked about, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because today's topic is something I'm extremely passionate about, and it's the topic of perseverance. It's a topic of never quitting, always keep going. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to the passage that we've been studying for several weeks called Level Up, all right? And I just want you, as you're turning open to 2 Peter chapter 1, I want you to turn to three people and say, I'm leveling up. Just tell three people, I'm leveling up. I'm leveling up. And we get this expression from 2 Peter 1. So let me pray this. Father, I thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you, Lord, that we're able to gather and look at your word, not just for information, but more importantly, transformation. God, that you are in the process of leveling us up in our lives to become that person that you've created us and called us to be. So we ask that you move in our time together so that when we leave this place, we will know that we had a divine encounter with the living God. And we thank you in advance for that. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Let's jump into chapter one, verse three. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Let's jump down to verse five. It says, in view of all of this, what God has already placed within you and within me, it says, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with the generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance With godliness, verse 8, the more you grow like this, the more you level up, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what Peter is saying is, is there is a level of faith that God wants you living at as his kid. And everything you need to reach that level has already been placed inside of you. And so what our job is, is to take what's on the inside and work it out so that it lives on the outside. And so we're looking at these different things that Peter mentions here as supplements, like when you go into the vitamin store, when you go to Sprouts or Whole Foods and you're looking at that big old section and you're trying to find out what's the best supplement I can take so that I can be 
a more healthy person. And I know I go to those aisles and I get overwhelmed. But here are supplements. Peter's saying if you add these to your faith, you will level up and live out the faith that God has already put on the inside of you. And so we want to look today at this idea of patient endurance. Now this is a, a Greek word that you can read in your New Testament 32 different times. I have the Greek word up there, and I don't know how you want to pronounce that. I pronounce it hupomone. Uh, and the idea is perseverance, endurance, it's steadfastness, patient waiting. How many have a problem with that? Patient waiting. And then it's constancy, literally translated to remain under. And this word appears a lot in our New Testament. This is something that I know as, as we look at our lives that all of us probably could say we need a little bit more of that in our lives, especially when troubles erupt, when difficulties show their faces in our relationships or, or in our jobs or, or just in general with our lives. I, I liked how one author put it, he said, uh, perseverance is a resolve to graciously suffer hardship without blowing up or giving up. I like that. Without blowing up or giving up. How many of you have blown up with some pressures that have come into your life? You've blown up on your spouse. You've blown up on your kids. You've blown up on your family pet. I don't know. But we tend to blow up in weird Ways And I like how another author put it. He said, he said, perseverance is the ability to endure when circumstances are difficult. Self-control, which we talked about two weeks ago when I was with you guys last. Self-control has to do with handling the pleasures of life. While patience or perseverance relates primarily to the pressures and problems of life. Often the person who gives in to pleasures is not disciplined enough to handle the pressures either, so he tends to give up. Have you ever started something and never finished it? Let, let, let's, be, let's be honest right now. How many had the best intentions of starting a project to see it to its completion, but is still staring at you in the garage? I don't know. It's just still staring at you, maybe on a notebook, where you said, someday I'm going to do this. I was looking at this. The five top things that we as Americans start but have a hard time finishing. See if one of these is something you struggle with. Number one, a gym or exercise routine. Number one, that is it. This is why... If you go to the gym, if you have a gym membership, it's always busy in January, but not as busy in March. Because <laughs> everyone starts a new regiment in January, but not a lot of people see it to its completion. Here's the second most commonly started and not finished projects is a diet plan. How many had the best intentions to start a diet, but somehow during the day you said, I'll start it tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like a joke. Here's the third thing. Uh, school or studying for an exam. 
How many are procrastinators and find everything to do but study? Like, uh, I'm going to find everything else. Uh, Number four is cleaning a messy room. How many of you have a junk drawer in your kitchen, and every time you open it, you're like, I'm going to clean that? Five years later. And then you have to move, and then it forces you to clean that. And then you think, why did I clean this before right now? All right. And then here's the fifth thing, New Year's resolutions. Okay, here we are. Month one is over. How many of you made a New Year's resolution and you're still on track to complete it? You, you did? Oh, all right. Praise God. We need to study you guys. <laughs> because the majority of people aren't doing this, all right? See, the point is about perseverance. It's easy to start something. It's a lot more difficult to finish. And the book of Ecclesiastes says finishing is way better than starting. And this is such an important subject for us to talk about because perseverance isn't just solely for our faith. I mean, we need a good dose of perseverance for everything that we encounter in life. And I'm telling you right now, in our culture, in our society, this is a lost skill set. We have gotten so soft And it's so easy now in our modern day time and era that we quit stuff so easy. And you think about this skill set and how it can help you level up in not just your faith, but in your relationships. When you have the mentality like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to work through this. I'm not going to quit for your marriage, for your parenting, for your physical fitness, for your career advancement. I mean, all of those things Perseverance is going to help you live life better when you see it that you're not going to quit, that you're not going to give up. I am convinced as I prepared for this message for the last couple of months, and I prayed specifically that God would bring some people here today. And maybe you've never been here, or maybe it's been a little while since you've been here. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I prayed for you to be here today if you've been in a position that you've been wanting to quit lately, that you, you've been wanting to give up a dream lately, that I prayed specifically that you would show up this morning and that God would use this message to ignite your faith again to keep moving forward. You know, one, one thing you need to understand about life, trouble is gonna come. But the Bible tells us that God actually uses the trouble He uses the trouble to cultivate perseverance in you. And a lot of people, when trouble comes, they want to quit, but not a lot of people look at trouble as a a way that God is working out what he's already worked in. God uses the very thing that is pressuring you to actually give you that spirit of perseverance for your soul. Check this out in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, Paul writes this, he says, And not only this, but we exult or we boast in our tribulations or troubles, knowing that tribulation brings about what, church? What does that say? It brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. There's something about the 
the, the trouble, the tribulation that comes, that it forces us to come to this place of staring at perseverance. Am I gonna keep going? And then when you have this resolve that I'm gonna keep going, Paul says it's showing that you have proven character. It shows that you are the same person on the outside that you are on the inside. It's a way of proving that God is moving on the inside of you. Because when you are weak, the Bible says he is strong. And so when you feel like giving up, the idea is that you're turning to God and he's giving you the fuel for your spirit to keep on going when everything inside of you wants to quit. You have proven character when you keep going, when everything is moving against you. We have this, and I don't have time to unpack this, but we have this parable, one of the famous parables that Jesus gives, a story that he gives about this, this farmer that sows seeds on these different soils, and three of the four soils he, he throws the seed on never harvest. They never do anything. They never grow anything. They, matter of fact, they, they wither and they die for these different reasons and these different causes. And Jesus goes on to explain to his disciples that the seed is the word of God. And I've always looked at that parable as a, as a fascinating parable going, wow, if this statistically, like looking at this on a percentage basis, people that receive the word of God, only 25% are actually going to see those seeds germinate into fruit for their own lives. 25%. That means 75% that at some point receive the word, they come to church, a friend tells them about God, they listen to a podcast, they listen to a radio, and they, they hear something about the word of God and it resonates with them, they grab it and they're like, mm, I need that. Only 25% of those people are actually going to make it to the finish line to see fruit in their life. Why? Because at some point on the journey, something is going to come into their life and create friction and create trouble to where it's easier to stop and to quit than to keep going. Paul says, when you're in a position that you keep going, it's proof that God is on the inside of you working things out that have already been worked in. Look at how James reads perseverance. James chapter one, verse two and three, it says, "'Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters.'" Whenever you face trials or troubles of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces what, church? Your trouble is actually being used by God to do something in you so that no matter what happens in your life, you are going to have a resolve that you're going to keep on going on. That this thing isn't going to stop you. It's not going to it's not gonna wreck the momentum that you have in your life. What these two passages are telling me is that we are strengthened by our struggle and that we grow through what we grow th or go through. We grow through what we go through. You are growing and God is leveling you up by the trouble that you face. And that seems so counterintuitive. The trouble you should yeah, experience should be like making you bankrupt, but God says, no, because I'm in your life, that trouble is actually clearing the path for you to get an upgrade for your faith. Why? Because God's gonna show you that he can be trusted and that he can take 
something messy and turn it into a message. He can take something that has just burned you up and created ashes and make beauty from it. God wants to build you with staying power so that you will stand firm against your one source of trouble, and that is the devil that is working against your life. The devil is real, and I don't know where you're at with your belief system, but I'm telling you that if you've lived in this world long enough, you know that there's evil in this world that cannot be explained. And there's a devil, and he's real, and he is out to make sure that you never become the child of God, that person, that man or that woman that you've been created and called to be. And it's interesting that Paul says in Ephesians 6, he says, stand firm in your faith. He, he, he tells followers of Jesus, he says, suit up. Put your armor on. You are entering into a war zone. And the enemy is going to throw everything at you so that you will buckle and quit. But you've been equipped by God. You have been armored up by God. So that no matter what things push against your life, you will not be pushed down. You will stand firm. You will stand your ground. And the difference, Paul says, is you're not fighting for your victory. You are fighting from your victory. Christ has already given you the victory that you need so that you can be more than a conqueror in whatever it is that you are facing right now. You're not fighting for your victory. My friend, as a follower of Jesus, you're fighting from your victory, and that is a game changer. Come on, somebody. You're fighting from a victory. And this is super powerful for you to know. And I like to say it this way. We need some Navy SEAL, Team 6, Delta Force, Paratrooper, Recon Ranger, Green Beret, Marcus Luttrell, Chris Kyle, Lone Survivor, American Sniper who are going to stand firm, not back down, not quit, stay in the fight, and wait for their promise and for God to show up for their life. And I did that without espresso. I, Brent and Jennifer told me about the Passion Translation. I, I mean, I can't get enough of this translation. Check, check this out, what Paul says. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And this is like a, the message that, that came out years ago. That the Passion Translation is this, this newer kind of paraphrase translation of, of Scripture. And, and I like how it says this. This is Paul. Now, if anybody that can tell you that you can make it is Paul. Because he went through all kinds of trouble. But check out what he says. He says, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. Don't you love that? I mean, God is doing something inside of you. And if, if you stand on this, if you persevere in whatever is coming at you, there's a promise for your life. There's something that is going to happen for your life if you keep going. And here it is in James chapter 1, verse 12. It said, blessed means satisfied, completely fulfilled, are those who endure or persevere when they are tested, when trouble comes into their life. When they pass the test, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. You're satisfied. Testing opens the door for upgrades for your life. 
And here it is, 2 Corinthians 3.18. I know I'm giving you a lot of verses this morning. It says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as the Lord, the Spirit. That there's new levels of glory that God wants you to experience in your faith. But those new levels of glory come when you triumph over your trouble. And the way you triumph over your trouble is you don't quit when the pressure of the trouble is telling you to quit. You keep going. And when you do that, you get your upgrade. You move from this glory to the next glory. How many want some more glory? You want to level up in your glory of how God is moving in your life? All of us should say yes. Let me give you five scoops to add perseverance to your faith. Five scoops. We're going in the protein thing again, man. We're, we're scooping it out. We're putting it in the blender. We're adding it to our faith. Here's your scoops. Number one, if you want to learn perseverance and add it to your faith, number one is expect the adversity. Expect it. I don't know why we're living in an imaginary fairy tale world where we believe that no trouble is supposed to happen against our life. When the human experience from the very beginning is that trouble happens to people. I don't care who you are, how long you've been at church, what, what good you've done, what bad you've done, trouble hits everybody. Listen to how Peter reads this. Because there are people back in the Bible times who are like, I have Jesus living in me, so no trouble is ever going to hit my life. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to live with rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> First Peter 4.12. Dear friends, don't be what? Surprise. surprise, surprise. You shouldn't be surprised when you face fiery trials. And if something, as if something strange were happening to you. God didn't promise a life without pain, struggles, and hardships. He promised to give you the strength to get through them when you face them. Paul Brand, who's, who's wrote several books, he, he was a famous orthopedic surgeon. And what made his story very unique is he spent half of his uh, life as a doctor working in third world countries with extreme poverty in India and Asia. And he spent half of his career working in America and working within modern medicine and first world uh, technology. And, and he made an observation that I think we need to hear because in our first world uh, narrative where we want to create a life without problems and a life without trouble, he said that's actually hurting your life. When, when, when you try to position your life in such a way that, you, that you're erasing all problems and troubles and you're trying to live in this narrative where no troubles or problems ever happen, he says, that's actually setting you up for major disappointment. This is what he said. He says, people in modern societies live at a greater comfort level but seem far less equipped to handle suffering and are far more traumatized by it. Because we have these expectations like, oh, I'm, like nothing bad is going to happen. The slightest little bad that happens to our life causes us to feel undone in our life. 
What is this thing happening to me? Psychology Today did an article just a few years ago regarding college students and found out some interesting trends among young people. Of course, we've been talking about this a lot here at Atmosphere is how anxiety is at an epidemic high. Like, it's just out of control. And they're still trying to pinpoint like exactly what all the causes are. But this was in a very interesting um, uh, research kind of conclusion. It says, for young American adults, there is no psychic middle ground. Mere frustration catapults into crisis. Having had or been allowed to have few disappointments in their overparented, overtrophied lives, many have not learned to handle difficulty. In the absence of skills to dispel disappointment, difficulty becomes catastrophic. And I thought that was such a good analysis. Young people are coming undone at the littlest, slightest difficulty because they have believed a narrative that my life should have no trouble in it whatsoever. What has it done? It's created a softness and this expectation that I live with everything I need and no trouble can get to me. And we have sobering reminders all the time of the reality that tragedy and trouble can strike anybody. And Sunday at 11 o'clock, or shortly there before, there was a room full of people that were getting notifications on their phone. The legendary basketball player, Kobe Bryant, along with his 13-year-old daughter and seven other people were tragically killed in a helicopter accident. And it just shocked everybody. What? Kobe Bryant? Not him. Not his daughter. Not these people. Like, he's a legend. He's a basketballer. I mean, he's, he's, he's fame, and he's creating all this. And it was, it was a sobering reminder for all of us. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, how much money you have, how many people you know. Trouble can strike at a second's notice to all of us. And we have to almost live in a position or to expect nothing less would be living in a way that your little bit of trouble is going to completely undo you. I mean, there's, there's no better clip in my mind to, to el- illustrate this than Rocky Balboa. I know this is a weird transition, but I saw this clip years ago and I'm like, I play, I play like the rock and sock, I play it like once a month. I play this at least a couple times a year because I, I just, I need Rocky to remind me of this. Go watch this. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. It's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how you can get hit and get back up. Some of you have been punched in the face this week. I get it. 
And I'm not discounting any pain that that caused, but I'm here to give you a hand to say, we need to get you back up, man. It's about how much you can get it and keep getting back up. Number two, I gotta move quickly, is focus on Jesus. This is right in our Bibles. Hebrews chapter 12, after the, the, the great hall of faith in chapter 11, we have the author of Hebrews telling us something. He's like, I, I want you guys to know that there's men and women of God that are living before you that have done incredible things for God's kingdom. And then he transitions into chapter 12, and this is what he says. He says, since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus, the source and goal of our faith. He saw the joy ahead of him, so he endured death on the cross and ignored the disgrace it brought him. Then he received the highest position in heaven, the one next to the throne of God. Think about Jesus, who endured opposition from sinners so that you don't become tired and give up. You struggle against sin, but your struggles haven't killed you. He's like, if you, if you need a motivator to keep on going, then you look none other than Jesus himself. And, and Hebrews is telling us, when you focus on Jesus, so many things are happening. Not only do you have an example of somebody that went through incredible difficulty, actually his own death, and kept going. How many times as Jesus was carrying the cross up to Calvary, did he have a moment in his headspace to say, I can't go anymore, but he kept going. How many times did he pause and say, I don't, I don't have the strength to keep going, but he kept going. He went all the way to the cross and he died. Why? Because he had one thing on his mind, the aftermath of what he was doing, the resurrected life that you and I were gonna be able to have access to. That's what kept him going. So not only is Jesus our example of somebody that has perseverance, but he is our source that as we focus on him, we will think not just about our life now, but the life to come. Jesus saw, hey, I'm gonna sit next to my father. I'm gonna be able to empower my church. Great things are gonna be able to be done. Let me tell you, so much of our giving up is that we get our eyes off the prize, we get our eyes off the Savior, and we start succumbing to the pressures and the problems that are surrounding us, like Peter stepping on the boat, seeing the waves, and he starts to sing. If we focus on Jesus, we will not only persevere, we will see breakthrough and promises come into our life. There's a joy set before us just as there was for Jesus. And the joy is not this world. The joy is never this world. The more that you live for this world, the more frustrated you're going to become. We need to position ourselves that we're not living for this world, but we're living for the world to come. Because we don't know how long we're going to be in this world in the first place. Check out what C.S. Lewis says. I posted this this week because it just, it, it just grabbed me. If you live for the next world, you get this one in the deal. But if you live only for this world, you lose them both. Isn't that good? That is just good. Colossians 1.11 says, God will strengthen you with his great power so that you will not give up when troubles come, but you will be patient. Your source of getting through your trouble is Jesus. He will give you the power to get through the pressure that wants to take you out. Number three. Is join a team. Join a team. Seems really simple, but I want you to know Christianity is a team sport, Jock. 
It's a team sport. It's like a football team. Like, I don't know what position you are on the team, but let me tell you, there is a role for you in the church. And you are a part of a team that is wired and created to play in the game. And the more that you see Christianity as a team sport, the more that you are gonna wanna interact with your team because on a team, if you've ever been on a sports team, there are days that you can get into a mental fog and it takes a teammate to pull you out of that fog. How many have ever been there? It takes a teammate to grab you by the shoulders and say, come on, man, you can do this. You can make it through this moment. Or to remind you, like, don't forget, man, what we learned this week. Teammates have the ability to speak back into your soul something that you may have temporarily forgotten. And they are there to motivate you and drive you to keep going a little bit harder and a little bit further. Now, there was, it is Super Bowl Sunday, so there was a clip that was on a movie years ago by the Kendrick Brothers uh, called Facing the Giants. And it's an older clip. Some of you have probably seen it. I mean, it's got 8 million views on YouTube. But some of you, you need to see this again, even if you've seen it before, because there's something so powerful in this clip that you need to grab hold of because some of you have been coming to Atmosphere from day one and you're still not on a team. This isn't a team, this is a gathering. This isn't a team. If, if you don't know five people in this church where you have their cell phone numbers and call them, you're not on a team, you're, you're, you're part of a, a gathering. We wanna take you from being a part of a gathering to putting you on a team. Go ahead and watch this. So coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat him. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I don't want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground, just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. <laughs> That's it, Brock. That's it. I'm out of the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You got to keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. 
That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving. It. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know I'm, he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. My arms are burning. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. You're back! Don't stop! Keep going! Too hard! It's not too hard! You keep going! Come on, Brock! Give me more! Give me more! Keep going! 20 more steps! 20 more! Keep going, Brock! Give me your best! Don't quit! No! Keep going! Keep going! Keep going! Don't quit! Don't quit! Don't quit! Brock Kelly, you don't quit! Keep going! Keep going! Go, Brock Kelly! You don't quit on me! No! You keep going! You keep going! Go, Brock! Ten more steps! Ten more! Ten more! Ten more! Keep going! Don't quit! Give me your You can! You can! Five more! Five more! Come on, Brock! Come on! Don't quit! Don't quit! Come on, Brock! Two more! One more! This guy is it's got to be 50, I don't have any more. Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone. Brock, you are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Oh, tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach? Can I count on you? Yes. Coach? What is it, Jeremy? I weigh 160. Sometimes I, I just feel like just grabbing people going, keep going, keep going, you got it. I feel like just being a coach and go, you got this, Charlie, keep going, man. Because here's the deal. All of us are going to face troubling times. And if you are a part of a team, you will have somebody in your ear telling you, you've got this. You are more than a conqueror. Keep going. Don't quit. Tell somebody sitting next to you, say, don't quit.
telling you. Such an inspiring clip. I'm looking at time here. Number four. Here's the fourth scoop. Is keep showing up. Keep going, but keep showing up. Somebody once said 80% of success is just showing up. You know, when you, when you fail to show up, when you just get let discouragement grab you and, and cause you not to show up, you, know, you never know what you're missing out on. God can't use you if you aren't there. He can't use you. You got to show up. And you've heard me say this a hundred times that showing up is half the battle. So when you show up, you're already halfway to your victory. When you show up, you are a part of the God things that he is doing in the moment. But as we were reading in our devotions this week, Thomas had a meeting and he didn't show up and Jesus showed up. And then later the guys are all talking like, Jesus showed up, he's alive. And he's like, I doubt it. Some of you, the most powerful things are happening. And those times that those powerful things are happening, there's something inside of you that says don't show up. I'm telling you, the times that it's hardest for you to show up to a gathering on Sunday or to a life group during the week or to men's, our men's ministry or women's ministry is probably the gatherings where God wants to do something the greatest for your life. So just keep showing up. Number five is push. Push. You say, what does that mean? Well, it actually stands for something. And we're going to have to unpack this a little bit next week. But it says pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. How many times have we read in the Gospels where Jesus says, keep praying, keep praying. There, there's a persistency that Jesus tells us when we pray, keep on praying, keep on asking. And people have asked me for years, like, why, why does Jesus tell us to keep praying? And I'm really convinced it's not because God is in heaven going, I really like you to beg for me to do this for me to get involved. No, that's not the reason why God tells us to continue to be persistent and perseverance in prayer. It's because there are so many radical free agents that are working against God doing something great in your life and in the life of your marriage, in the life of your family, in the life of your finances, and all of those things. So you got to pray until something happens. And, and here's, the, here's the fruit of it. And I'll have the worship band come up. Here's the fruit of it, literally. And we're going we're gonna to pack this next week when we talk about godliness. Because God's moving us into a new season as a church. We're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. And we're going to kick it off next week. I, I'm excited. But, but I, got, I got some oranges here. And I've got to tell you a little story as we just land this idea of perseverance. Years ago, Tara and I bought a house, and some of you have heard this story before, but it really allowed me to see the power of perseverance. Because there's a scripture in Galatians that really is so good. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we, what? Do not give up. So we got this house that had a horrible backyard. We had gophers everywhere. I don't know how many of you lived in a place where they have gophers, but they completely devastated this backyard. The, the people, they didn't water the stuff. It was just a mess. I was just like, where do we even start? And on the side of the house were these fruit trees, and they were pretty much dead. But I said, you know what? Let me at least give it a try. Let, let me take care of these gophers. Let, let, me, let me put some 
water on these trees. Let me start fertilizing them. Let, let, me, let me just give these things some TLC. And for not weeks, but months, I set out to see if these trees were salvageable. Mind you, they were dead. I mean, the leaves were brown, everything. And so I just kept working, and I kept working, and honestly, they were on the side of the house, didn't, didn't think about it anymore, but I did everything I could do, and then I said, okay, we'll just see, we'll wait. And then my daughter had opened the blinds on the side of the house, and she said, Dad, you gotta look at this. And I looked through the window, and what I saw were these trees that when we bought the house, they were dead. They had fruit all over it. Big, nice, juicy, organic fruit. (laughs) And honestly, I got teary-eyed. Because most people, when they saw those trees, they would have said, I'm giving up. Let's just, let's just dig them up and throw them away. But I said, no, we gotta try. We, we gotta give it what it needs, and we'll see. And I'm telling you, there are things in your life that look dead. There are things in your life that you think, I might as well just throw in the towel and forget this and move on.com and just, just keep going in a different direction. But I'm here to tell you that perseverance is something that is going to allow you to level up in that faith. And if you keep going and you don't grow weary, your harvest is coming. Your fruit, come on, get your hands. I'm gonna throw some fruit. (laughs) Who wants some fruit? Yeah, who wants some fruit? Your harvest is coming. Your harvest is coming. Yeah, your harvest all the way in the back. All right. Anybody on this side, your harvest is coming. Your harvest is coming. Your harvest is coming. All, oh, man, you're, you're going to challenge me. Hey, oh! Keep going. Your harvest is coming. Would you stand with me? Fathers, we just close our time, God. I, I just know, Lord, there's some, there's some dead things that look and appear to be dead, that look to be hopeless, God. But I pray that you would use this message to breathe hope back in to this thing. Because, Jesus, you are the picture. You are the source. That even when something looks dead, it's actually just getting ready to be resurrected. While everyone is praying, maybe you're far from God today, and maybe God's using this message to say it's all about Jesus, and you need to surrender your life to him. That connection card that we gave you at the beginning of the gathering, we want you to just take a moment. If, if you feel God pressing on your heart to follow him, to give your life to him, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As we worship in this time, I encourage you to fill that out. And we wanna partner with you in that decision. But I want you that are just weary today, just let the presence of God fill you with that perseverance spirit that wants to level you up so that you can be that person that God has created you and called you to be. Let's worship the communion tables open. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. 
If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. Bye.